Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aviation maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-second relief in your day that can possibly prevent a mishap. I'm your co-host, Six. I'm MBP. And our third host, Shoreline, is here again, silently in the back, monitoring our audio, making sure our faces stay fit for radio. Uh, joining us here today is a very special guest. You might recognize him from some of his amazing aircraft mechanic facts videos. This is his first ever podcast, mind you. So we are very excited that he chose to roll with us <laughs> instead of someone bigger. Uh, here to share some more interesting facts with us. Please welcome Max from Airplane Facts with Max. Welcome aboard, Max. Hello. Thanks welcome. for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be here. A little, a little offshoot. Uh, Max shared a very... Very awesome fact of us, and they're kind of still <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> What's that? Which one? Oh, about uh, this was about the whole failing forward or failing oh, upwards. Fa- failing failing upwards, upwards, yeah. Failing that, upwards, yeah, yeah. Like, that's wow, how you get man, into like, management. Mm, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm self loathing over here and questioning life. <laughs> you know, I will be as, using that in the meeting, though, Max, guaranteed. As we, as we all are. It's all right. So it it means a lot that you're here with us. Well, mainly because what we're full on nerds ourselves and most of your videos, they speak a lot of technical knowledge, which we relate to, but more so all the lore that you interject with it. Right. Right. (laughs) Like, so we're like nerding out on so many levels. Like, I know what that means. I understand. (laughs) I mean. So so when did that first, like, when did you first, like, decide to interject some Lord of the Rings uh, lore into your videos? Because it flows um, so well, like you're not expecting it, right? You're watching the video, like, this is interesting watching. No, he's replacing this and that and the other. And and then, oh, it's it's correlating to this event in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so I, I started making the Airplane Fact videos um, just about a year ago. And at first I just was doing them like, uh, I think my first ever one where I said, this is an airplane tire and it's different than tire on your car because it's installed on an airplane. And like, that was the fact. <laughs> and, um, and most of them were just kind of like offshoots of that, you know, kind of silly. And one day I was at work and I was like, I wonder, I was, I'd been, I was reading, I was rereading Lord of the Rings, my annual reread. And I was like, I wonder if I could like include Lord of the Rings in an airplane fact somehow, but like, how could I incorporate the two? And then I was looking at the engine. I was like, fan blades, blade, sword, swords, a blade easy you know and then i just rolled with it and it totally took off very unsuspect i never thought that my uh knowledge of tolkien would ever get me any views on the internet you know well i think it says a lot about the industry we're working because so many people i think you know it took off right so so many people related to it and everybody's like oh my god one of us <laughs> one of us you know? well yeah and, and also like i saw you know there's so many great aviation like content out there and but it's all really technical and i was like I, well i'm kind of an idiot so i feel like it'd be funnier if i just didn't try to make a technical video because that's not you know that's not my thing i like, mean it that's could a, be i guess i mean that's us to a t right like why are you stalking us man like because <laughs> that, that that was more or less us too when we started the show i mean backstory for everyone out there like i think we've said this like a hundred times already but when we started the show there was really not that much out there for aircraft maintenance as far as podcasts was concerned other than the technical lectures the study help for a test or like 
Right. Just it feels so, like you, it feels like you're in gym fam, and you're like, yeah. I, I I get paid to go to gym fam. I don't want that right now. You right. Know? Yeah. I guess if I want to go to sleep right now, I'll go, <laughs> <laughs> if I yeah. want a good nap, I'd go to gin fam. Like, come on. Right. And then so like, and then we I'm didn't really kidding. have never, anything I've to bathe. I've never napped in gin fam ever. Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, for that's, sure. Everybody. That's totally all around. Never done that. That's unsafe. And <laughs> not, nothing's more unsafe than unused knowledge, right? Or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So like when we when we started a lot of this we 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 didn't have any anything to base ourselves off of and so how it evolved really is we would our third man trolling would would have his video feed up and we just start talking and talking and somewhere along the lines we said something that he found extremely funny and he just started laughing and uh it's, it's, he had himself on mute but we can hear see his reaction he was like bawling, bawling out of control laughing so then it started to be like a challenge between myself and mvp to just like co- like talk about some airplane stuff that we find normal and he, he just found extremely funny and then it's kind of evolved from that point <laughs> i do love that so we we can relate <laughs> very deeply <laughs> yeah i just decided one day i was like All right, let's talk about lord of the rings like there's two things i like i know about and it's lord of the rings and airplanes like that's really it right i don't know much about anything else and then that's that's more or less what we do but we've kind of like jumped around with all kinds of nerdy stuff like we don't know a whole lot about every about certain lore but we know like a good chunk of stuff like uh lord of the rings was a big one for us and then it kind of went teeter-totter to uh star wars for a bit mostly myself uh, mvp oh, just yeah. kind of was just nice enough to listen <laughs> and, fair I, I i do love star wars i got a star wars tattoo about nice one. Of which? Uh, it's the Rebel Alliance insignia. It's on my chest. It's real bad. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was going to awesome. say, real bad isn't like bad isn't good or real bad isn't like, no. my friend did this on a Friday night in their kitchen. The la- the latter. Yeah, the latter. Oh, yeah, oh very it, well. He was like, I'm not very good at circles. I was like, only one way to get better, dude. Like, <laughs> Let's go, man. One way to do this. Yeah, practice makes perfect, dude. You could practice on a tangerine or whatever, some pig skin, but you know, I'm right here. It's all good. It's not it's not permanent. It's only gonna be there for like what 80, 80 years or so, and then it'll be long gone. So it's all right. It's all right. right on. I'm happy with it. Everybody's got a bad tattoo. That's my bad one. Yeah, yeah, right. Or at least or at least some version of it. And then yeah. uh, what what we've been really nerding about as well and we kind of sort of interjected in the show kind of based on like what some of the stuff you did was warhammer warhammer oh, yeah. 40k like and this is again it's kind of going back to like how you discovered like people were into lord of the rings well at least people liked your videos enough to to like it because of lord of the rings is we we just had like this open conversation about warhammer like my, myself and mvp and a bunch of other people were like oh my god you guys like warhammer and then they just started going out of control and like whoa <laughs> yeah dude War- warhammer is a whole thing you can't just like mention you can't just casually mention warhammer and not expect like yeah I, I, and i learned that the hard way thing. myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, warhammer yeah. goes warhammer goes hard yeah it's, it's a whole like the different eras of stuff and you know like i think where we where i where we jumped in at was like and i remember why we got into it or what what triggered us to like start getting into it but we jumped in on like the 40, just at the 40 K stuff. And then, uh, and then kind of right there at the beginning of the Horus heresy. Again, this all happened a while ago in the lore era, but this is where I jumped in and in my reading and viewing of it. So are are you the Warhammer expert? I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any stretch of the word, but (laughs) I watch and read a lot of stuff on it 
on the lore. The lore is like fascinating to me. And like some of the videos out there, these people do, it's like legit watching a documentary of something that really happened. Like I, a yeah. lot of detail and effort goes into them and it's impressive. I'm not a, I'm not a Warhammer expert, but I will say, I think, I don't know if you ever played the, the space Marine video game, but that was a, un, that was an underrated game and it was a lot. Uh, very much so. And, and they're coming out with a new one. Are they? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Space okay. Marine 2 coming out for PS5. Not sure when, though. Okay, yeah, that gives me something looks, to be excited for. Yeah, it, it looks awesome. I yeah. love this. They they did they did like a a, a trailer gameplay like a couple weeks ago. We can share the link to you if like, after the fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. It, I will watch it. It's pretty dope. It's like 15 minutes long, but it's just kind of like them doing walking around the screen, maybe killing a couple of nids and whatnot, but. Yeah, big time. <laughs> Everyone listening, like, what the hell does this have to do with maintenance, man? Like, right? Well, yeah, it has Warhammer, everything to do with maintenance. Warhammer it has, has everything. a lot to do with aircraft maintenance. For like, this sure. is the this is the stuff we do when this is we're what not we talk working about while we're working on stuff. <laughs> yeah, we get through our day. <laughs> if you're in school for aircraft maintenance and you're worried about your your orals and practicals, just read up on some Warhammer. That'll help a lot for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, if you don't know who Chaos is, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> or then, then you oh, start that goes yeah you, you now you're triggering me like the chaos and all that stuff you know you have your favorite <laughs> you have your favorite uh uh traitor faction you're in your favorite um uh what was i'm, I'm lost for word but the one you know the uh, loyalists loyalists loyalist, yeah like yeah you, know, you have your favorite of those so right so for me it's uh it's the dark angels and or mm-hmm. gray knights and then traitor faction is uh angron and the world eaters all day Right, oh, yeah. right, right. I this is very clearly an aircraft maintenance podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's all we're touching on, right? And people are gonna be stop talking so much about airplanes, guys. Yeah, oh, well, like, def- well, I can only take in so much aviation maintenance knowledge <laughs> in one know. sitting. Guys. <laughs> this is too much. I mean, they have ships, you know, that counts. Yeah, yeah the Mechanicum, yeah. right? So read up on that. That's the the group that key, uh, they're based out of Mars. They worship machines and they keep the uh, imperial machine rolling. So right. but I, I bet Mars aircraft mechanics, they probably got B1s or B2s or something. I don't, I don't know if there's a, if they're under the A&P thing. You know? I mean, I'm sure they would, but it, would it be A&P or some other type of Mars certificate? Well, they, or they might be EASA. EASA. EASA? <laughs> yeah, I think they'd probably fall under EASA. <laughs> or what's the, um, from Halo, uh, the UNSC? Yeah. Uh, yeah some yeah, sort yeah. of rating under there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think my ratings translate to Mars. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll get there one day. I'll. I'll be able to find out. Imagine that though, like, because like we're we're going some heavy lore, everybody. But imagine like if we were like the Mechanicum, right? Like they worship machines. They pray to machines. They say they think like they're God. It, it's embodied in every single machine, and the only way it's gonna work is because you pray to it, you venerate it, you worship it, like. That's I mean, that's, not that's that what, much. That, that's what I do at work every day. Yeah, that, that's. I, I guess that's true. Yeah, I'm that's very pi- how we do our jobs. Please, please work. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm very pious, dude. I, I, I hook up a bunch of hydraulic lines, and I'm like, please don't leak, please. <laughs> I pray to all aviation gods, old and new. Please do not leak. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. That that's me yeah. when I. That's me when I try to thread something in in places my hands barely fit. I'm like, please don't drop this. <laughs> yeah, just just go. Just come on. Yeah, you're trying to get the washer on. You're like, come on, come on. 
just give me one win this one time, please. And then you hear like, damn it. <laughs> it's like, it's, like on, it's so cold outside. Please don't give me any oil pressure issues. I just want to run this thing and go. <laughs> it's like when you go to school, when you go to AMP school or whatever, people go to school, wherever people go to school um, and like their tech school and they're learning how to do safety wire or something. And the instructor's like, oh, you're just going to be, you're going to be upside down in the cold out there doing it. It's not like out here on the bench. And I'm like, yeah, it won't be that bad though. You know? And then mm-hmm. I get out in the field and I'm out there in Spokane, Washington in the hell home of a Q400, just upside down, negative 20 degrees. I can't see what I'm doing, trying to do a safety wire. And I'm like, this is great. I love this, <laughs> you know? And yeah, I mean, we've talked on that too. Like, like the job's very rewarding, but there are days where, you, and I think, and I don't, I think no matter what industry you work in, you have those days. But when oh, yeah. you're upside down, the blood's rushing to your head, and you're going, "I, I made a wrong turn at some point. <laughs> I, I don't really remember where it was at, but, yeah, I, but I made, I made a left turn at Albuquerque. You know, I, I was, uh, I was changing uh, the, the toilet pump on the queue, which is like oh, a, it, that's you know yuck. that's. That's blue juice and like the pump, you know, with the assembly has a filter on it. And, you know, what's the filter stopping? It's it's poop. And uh, I pull it out of the toilet thing. And it's like the grossest job I've ever done at that point, up until that point. And, you know, one of the high time guys is like, are you having fun? And I was like, I went to college for this. <laughs> yeah. I pulled out student loans for this, dude. <laughs> I pulled, I pulled, I'm still paying on student loans to clean a shit filter. <laughs> Someone's got to do it, man. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Feels oh, good. No, I know. It, I, my blue juice experience was, uh, we had a stuck, like the lab door, the service door on the outside of the, uh, you know, from the j- outside of the jet where you hook up the lav cart to drain the tank. Well, yeah. the, the valve got frozen, uh, shut. And so I had a senior guy come out there and he was like, oh, you're quit, quit messing around with it. Just just take a screwdriver and smash it in there and open it up. And I was like, why don't you show me how to do it? And man, the guy got covered. You covered. didn't. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing these anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, no, I, I love I do love a good vacuum system. I'll be honest. I don't miss the blue juice. So, uh, yeah, not not a fun time. <laughs> Excuse me. No, it never is. Nobody likes that. So I, I, I got to ask real quick, because I'm pretty sure you've probably got some flack from this uh, quite a bit. So yeah, for those who don't know, Max, he has some heavy metal hair, right? Like yeah. full, full on like r- metal. I, I love it. Personally, I love it. Right. But I, I, I would assume like some people maybe at work or some people all, on various forms of the internet, because there are people who are like that, who would talk smack about that. If, uh, has, any, has anyone like uh, ever confronted you about it or... Well, uh, no, like, uh, sometimes some of the guys at work call me Jesus, uh, ginger Jesus, um, ginger Jesus. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people like, isn't that a safety hazard? I'm like, I mean, you can have long hair. Like I tie it up, you know, when I'm, when I'm working on something that's like, I'm sticking my head up in like the wheel. Well, like, yeah, my hair's tied back. Um, but now at work, like everybody's pretty, pretty cool about it. And they, sometimes the, the, the older guys kind of stare at me like, what are you doing here, hippie? And I'm like, what? I just yeah, haven't I'm, got a haircut in a few years, man. It's all good. Like, so I'm here. I'm here to bless the plain but, man, yeah, plain Jesus yeah. man. Come but, on, you know. <laughs> How else and, is this thing gonna run? Thirty three and Skydraw is really good for your curls. So. 
<laughs> that's my it works well you know it, it's yeah. good what's that yeah. bounce it's bounce uh, bounce you get bounce yeah, it's it, it adds volume you know it smells great everybody loves it uh you get the you know, urge to herbal yeah you know I'll, I'll get like a bunch of 33 you know the grease in my hair and i'll go to the store mm-hmm. and be like well what's that smell and i'm like oh they love it you know everybody loves this yeah you, you get know. like the uh yeah the air show grease and it's like pomade you're a dapper dan right like dapper yeah dan if, man. It, if it's good enough to lubricate a 737 main landing gear it's good enough to lubricate my hair for sure you know <laughs> It's like <laughs> it's more expensive than Pantene, you know. It's more expensive than Maybelline, so it's got to be good, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a. I'm sure like the Kardashians use it, you know. Oh, I think 100%. they do. I think that's a, they won't tell you that. Yeah, their secret's Aeroshell 33. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> that's where the sheen comes from. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It's shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works and, good. Anti corrosive, man. Like, look mm-hmm. at this. Yeah, and, and if and if you've got blonde hair, it adds like a nice color. You know, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) That that weird teal that you can't place. Yeah, it's great. Or whatever. I don't even know how to describe the color. (laughs) Like it's it's a weird color. Is it turquoise? What is it? How would you describe it? It's like green, kind of, but blue also. It's a weird. Like an aquamarine? I don't know. See, this all sounds way prettier than, than it actually is. All, all yeah, I we're really was, actually talking it up. Yeah, people are gonna make. I should get some aerosols like that. Don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Disclaimer: Please don't put aerosol in your hair. Yeah, don't Thanks. put don't put aerosol or skydrol in your hair. I, yeah, I do not put aerosol or skydrol in my hair, and I do not condone that. Please, all right, please. I gotta ask you this then: How many times have you think you washed your hands really well, or thought you washed your hands really well mm-hmm. until you went to the bathroom and realized oh. that? The sky draw didn't fully come off the uh, hands. You know, you make that mistake once for sure. Uh, you know, I love having a. I always say I love having a job where I got to wash my hands twice every time I go to the bathroom. It's great because you know you go for you wash your hands first, go to the bathroom, and then wash them again. You know, and I still do that. Like even I'm, I'm days diligent. where I'm not where I'm not working, like on an aircraft or whatever, I still like out of habit go wash my hands first. E- even even uh, even the spouse. Cool age. She was like, did, "Did you wash your hands before you went to the restroom?" Oh yeah, I guess I, I guess I did. Just, just leave me, you know? just leave me I, be. Okay, <laughs> it's a habit that, I don't want to break. <laughs> look, yeah, maybe we're at the fair. Maybe we're out at dinner. I don't know. Maybe there, but I, I can't be one hundred percent certain that there's not Skydrawl on the bottom of this plate. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, if, if 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 anything in my career has told me, there probably is. Right. So <laughs> don't you know, know how it got there, but it's just there. Right. You're at a nice steakhouse. You're like, there could have been Skytrawl on something. I'm not taking that chance. We're washing twice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're like in a heavy maintenance depot or whatnot. Like ev- everything about it is just going to get you dirty. Like period. Like there's no walking in there and walking away clean. Like yeah. period. At, at my last job, which was actually not airplanes, it was trains. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I, took a, I took a year sabbatical and worked on trains. Um they uh they called me pig pin because like i and it's true for the planes too i don't know how like i work i work with these people and they can like do a full gear loop or whatever and they come out and they look like they didn't touch anything but they did and i come out just completely covered head to toe like soot grease whatever carbon you know 
you know, I had an instructor in A and P school and they, they, he, he said, he goes, if you get dirty in aviation, you're doing it wrong. Well, then I, I am the like, worst aircraft mechanic well, in the but world. But then I had another instructor walk up after that person and go, that's because that motherfucker didn't do anything. You know, <laughs> and you're like, ah, okay, all right. <laughs> He's one of those fail upward guys, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, yeah. He, goes, he goes, you're going to get dirty. He goes, but if you get soaked from head to toe in some hydrofluid or whatever else or fuel, like, yeah, you might have done a step incorrect there. But I got to tell you, I've changed like on a citation 10 to change the filter, the wing tank filters it, yeah. that are at the wing roots. Uh, yeah. You're on your back up underneath uh, on the ground, you know, and the design is, is like, you can't, the only catch can you could put under there would be like a five gallon bucket. Well, guess what? I'm on, I'm on a ramp at 3am in some really small airport in the middle of uh, nowhere, Texas. And uh, you just get soaked. It's, it's like, it's, it's like going to happen. There's, yeah, there's no escaping it the way it's designed. Yeah, I was uh like just last week I was changing a doing a, a removing the landing gear on a 737 and we were at the point where we were like pulling the bushings out, right? So I'm up in there pulling the bushings with another guy and both of us get out from the wheel well and I'm just like filthy, right? And he's just fine. And I'm like I don't even, I don't know how you do this. How are you doing this? How is everybody doing this? My buddies, like my best friends I work with fine they never get dirty but they work crazy they would we do the same jobs i look at a wing and i'm just dirty if i get within five feet of an airplane i'm filthy i don't know i can't help it i'm like a magnet maybe maybe that's why maybe that's why they work with you you know because you're absorbing all the dirt and grime and then they just walk away scot-free <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like the human equivalent of a sham wow you know? <laughs> i just soak it up that is kind of interesting, though, because you look at him, you go, "How are you not this dirty? We were in the same gear well." Yeah, I don't at the get same it. Time. I'm confused. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm just. And he's doing like, "Well, I am stuff. dirty," but he goes, "The dirt that's on me actually rubbed off from you when I when I bumped against you." <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. My hair stays clean. That's what's important. Yes, it is important. You're talking about the long hair. We yeah. actually just talked. Was it last week? We talked about this six or the week before oh right. anyways at a, at a place where we used to work very recently i'm gonna i'm gonna take the fun out of it here real quick but uh a girl uh lost her life on the line she had long hair to her waist didn't have oh, a secured, no. and they got caught in a rotating propeller oh uh, and and as it pulled her in uh and she tried to pull it out she lost her arm and the next blade split her head so uh, reiterating the importance of everybody and to uh to you max just uh it is make sure yes. the hair secured wherever you're at yeah when you're you gotta that's sad man that's it is sad sorry i took the wind out of the sail no it's quick, okay but... it's important you know it is like you know safety first and you got to be like aware of your surroundings right so it is true like when people ask me like is it okay to have long hair or whatever because i i do get asked that quite often actually in my like DMs and in comments and you know, 95% of the time at work, I have it tied up just cause you know, I, I, even though like I, I work in heavy maintenance, right? So I'm not on the line where it's as fast paced, you know, I, I usually do like 20 to 30 day checks. And okay. so, you know, the plane on the same plane, right? So the plane's just sitting there in the hangar getting, you know, disassembled and reassembled basically. And 
but even just for like my own comfort, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll my hair will be down and I'll get up in the wheel well or whatever, and you'll feel like it caught on something, and it's just like an uncomfortable thing. And so just to avoid all that, I tie it back, which I just kind of got in the habit of most of the time that I'm working, it's tied up. Yeah, you know? I actually watched some guys with long hair. Um, they they might not have it tied up once they you know like they'll get to work and it'll be hanging down and depending on what they get tasked out to do that day will kind of depend on if they tie their hair up but if they're climbing up inside or doing anything around rotating equipment they actually always bring one of those fishing shirts with a built-in hood oh yeah on so it's like a real thin material but they'll actually slide that on and then they'll pull the hood up over their head so their hair is actually stuffed down inside the shirt you know Right, right, right. That makes and, sense. Yeah. So that was kind of a, I thought a, a, a neat way to, to I mean, I used to the hair. When I used to work for Horizon up in Washington on the Q400, the turboprops, the, the just propellers in general, when they're running on the ramp, they made me, they made me pretty nervous. Right. I mean, I was around them all the time, but it was like, it's kind of, I don't know. Propellers are, they're dangerous. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You, and I never even got, and I worked on props a lot. And, and, and every time you'd have to get near one doing tests, you know, you're reading, you got sensors and boxes hooked up and you're taking different readings as they're running. And I, I was probably within, you know, five or six feet of the, of the rotating assembly. And even that was like nerve wracking. Oh Boy. yeah. That's too, that's too close for me. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, same same here. I mean, me yeah. mostly with helicopters, but same thing with the tail rotor. You know, you got this thing spinning anywhere from eight hundred to four sixteen hundred revolutions per minute. You know, like if anything comes in there, you're not gonna feel it. You're just gonna wake up in a different dimension. That's right. Awful. It's yeah. like those memes where you see the guy, like they they pull a gun on him. He's like, "Give me your money," and they they try to get brave with it. And next thing you know, they're oh they're right, like in the clouds right. The <laughs> yeah. background's the clouds and the sky, and they're like, "Oh man," yeah. Like it's, <laughs> kind yeah. of what it would be yeah, so we, yeah. We, we got pretty like, grim we got pretty grim dark on that one <laughs> yeah so. well i mean it is like you know we were we were doing a um leak test on a 787 once and we're walking up to the engine and then uh like as we got like kind of closer to it you know they gave us the all clear on the radio to check the engines it's spooling down to go open the trs and stuff and uh we're getting up to the engine and then we hear a and you know you know the sound of a turbine starting and it was like oh, yeah. out of there right and one of the somebody up in the flight deck like flipped some switches and kicked on the fuel pumps and it started spooling back up while we were walking up to it i was like that was not cool i did not like that you know and it takes a while for it to spool up but still i was not not very happy about it right but that just that just imparts more of that because you can be as safe as you want to, but you're still at the mercy of others many right. times over. Right. Uh, and when and when you're out there, like you know, working on a big airplane or even a small airplane, you know, uh, you got to really be conscious of if somebody's in the flight deck and they kick on hydraulics, you don't know what the flight controls are going to be doing. You know, you don't know it. Are the spoiler locks in? Is it going to go up and down? <laughs> you know. You know, or even something stupid like the other night I was at work. And I had to remove a toilet. And I was like, oh, yeah. Has anybody taken the pressure off the the potable water, right? Has somebody turned the water pressure off or whatever and drained the tank? And they're like, yeah. Well, then I disconnect the toilet line, and that had not happened. And then your boy got a face full of toilet water, you know? Oh. 
that's just a, that's just a it's fine that's just a gross one and I, yeah. had so, I had something similar to those but it's mostly with fuel my 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 advice <laughs> is fuel always fuel hey hey did you guys drain this absolutely yes you sure yes i pull the drain or i pull the plate or filter whatever gushing fuel everywhere and then it's almost to the point where i gotta like like um vacuum seal half of my body just so like if I if I touch it at least it will like eat through the plastic before it starts eating through my skin, <laughs> right? But, but that's it's it's one of those like I can't how how do I trust you? Because <laughs> every single time like I if I have to touch it, it's almost guaranteed you're gonna have something in it. And uh, what it, did Reagan say? Trust but verify. Trust but verify. Like, yeah, but, I think we've all been bitten by that once, and and you know you got you got to trust your people that you're working with to a certain degree in this industry, especially working on large aircraft like Max does, you know, somebody's up in the cockpit and somebody's up in the, in the hell hole. So it's uh, just for sake of time and efficiency, you got two people going, but, but you know, you get burned like that once and you're like, all right, yeah, I turned off the switches. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to just verify that before I go back there. Right. Like, yeah, when I got the, you know, like the toilet water in my face, I wasn't, I, the only person I was mad at was myself. You know, I should have, I should have gone and checked. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, and you look it, at your coworker and you're like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right. And it, well, <laughs> like and it wasn't even the disappointing them. dad thing to him. <laughs> well, it wasn't even them. It was like the, it was like the shift before it was, it's always the shift before. Right. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't anybody in my shift. It was the, uh, it was the other shift. It's always the other shift. You know, man, eh, back to it's the always, shift wars talk. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, well, you know, it's, it exists. Yeah. And, and for a reason, for those very reasons, you just explain. That's why those things happen. We don't just make but, it up, everybody. It's always day shift's fault. But now that I'm on day shift, day shift's never done anything wrong. It's every other shift's fault. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that you mentioned that, that was totally us too. Because majority of our lifetimes, we've been on night shift ourselves, and right. uh, MVP and I have voiced many grievances <laughs> about like how we would leave like detailed turnovers. We'd basically have the the plane laid out for them, like. You know, in sequential order, you walk out door, pick up wrench. It's it's like a video game almost, you know, like the simplest video game possible. Leave door, pick up wrench, go to plane, put wrench on plane, walk away from plane, done. And and they would still like be like, yo, like we didn't do anything because we didn't know what you guys did the night before. Like, what do you mean you didn't know what you did before? Laid it out. I gave you a, a walkthrough. I even counted the steps I took from this building to that building, like in between, like that's how detailed, you know, I, I took, I took a video of what I did and sent it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I time stamped everything, <laughs> you know, like shy of doing like a, like a video game walkthrough of exactly point for point of what you're supposed to be doing. I don't see how much easier it could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, that looked too intensive. So we just did not, we just ignored it and pretend you didn't do anything like really. Yeah. You guys will be able to pick back up on that tonight, sure, for yeah. sure, and we would, and we would. Right. That's 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 the name of the game, dude. That's the nature of the beast. And now I'm a day shifter, so I get to do that to you. <laughs> so, what do you like working more, days or swings or mids? Um, you know, well, this is my first real stint on days. I've done it for a week now, so I can't give you a uh, an honest review of it. Okay. But, um, mids, midnight shift. I've worked for a, I worked for a long time. Um, I do like how quiet it is, you know. Yeah. Com- comparatively, like there's not a whole lot going on, minus you know the people that are working. Um, both when you're on the line, you know the airport's empty, minus the mechanics. 
Um, and then when I even worked in hangar, you know, it was just, there's no, but there's not a lot of support staff there. It's just your mechanic crews really. Um, but I don't like sleeping during the day. So not the biggest fan of the overnight second shift, I think is nice. You know, I like being able to wake up at my leisure and then, you know, getting off at 11 o'clock at night is what time I'd get off, which wasn't bad. Yep. But that was always my favorite shift was, was, uh, seconds. Like you said, you can wake up at uh, your leisure or you get up and you can go to the store and run errands when everybody else is at work. So there's no real lines or many people to interact with that way. Yeah. Um, it's like, that was where all, at least majority where I worked, majority of the work, uh, got done. Was, was on, on seconds. On, was on <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Was on seconds. And then, uh, and then you still had a normal day, right? It's like you said, you get it off 1130 midnight, but I always tell people, especially the young guys, and I still tell them when they go to that shift, I said, the key to making this shift work is you have to go to sleep as soon as you get home. Right. Treat it as like, it's a normal day for you. Go to sleep right when you get home, get up at seven or eight and then have your full day. And like, Oh my God, but I'll be awake hours and then stuff to go to work for hours. I'm like, it's the only way it works. You have yeah. to treat it like it's part of a normal day. Right. Yeah. So, well, I don't like there's two different types of midnight work that I worked to the overnight shift. And when I worked on the line uh, for Horizon, um, I liked working overnights, right? Because we the planes fly in, you know, you see you see all the passengers get off as far as commercial goes um, or 121, whatever. Um, and, you know, the plane comes in, you got your bill of work, you got write ups, you fix the airplane. And then you you see the airplane fly out in the morning, which is which is pretty satisfying, right? Mm -hmm. You feel like you're making a a real impact in the operation, right? And that that was like satisfying to me, even though I was working, you know, from eight p.m. to six a.m. or whatever it was. Um, when I moved into the more heavy maintenance, like MRO twenty thirty day check, where you're doing C checks and you know, real in-depth maintenance. Uh, I didn't like midnight shift as much because, you know, some nights you're just like doing a lube or changing panels or whatever. And I'm like, well, why am I doing this at four o'clock in the morning? I could be doing this at any time, really, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it, I didn't get the same level of, of satisfaction as I did when I worked the line and I got to like see the planes flying because I understood like that's the only time the planes on the ground for you to work on it. Right. Cause it's yep. flying and making money during the day. So night's the only time you're going to work on it. Whereas when you're working in a heavy maintenance, you're like, well, I feel like I could be doing this at any time. Yeah. Cause this, this aircraft's here for 30 it's, plus days or whatever. It's going to be it here for a month. Like, I don't know why I need to be pulling panels at 5 AM, but here I am. So, yeah, you know, it is, but it is, it's just the nature of the beast. Some guys really like it. And then what is nice in the heavy maintenance side when you're doing the uh, midnights, which isn't every night, but you do a lot more of the engine runs and like gear swings and a lot more of the functional stuff that you don't want to do while there's a ton of people in the hangar and around the, and around the airplane. Right. Yeah. That's, that, that's one the one caveat that I was going to say when I work corporates, um, it, you know, same thing. I, uh, you know, you get your like I'll get to work and the aircraft hadn't even landed. I would already have the work order and say, all right, you got to travel from whatever our home station is to 
let's say like like let's say I was based out of Van Nuys at one point, and you got to travel. Hey, right, you got to go to Palm Springs. This this jet slated to land at 11 p.m. and it's got a uh, revenue flight at 7 a.m. and here's the list of work you got to get done in that time. So you're beating feet to get out to Palm Springs and dealing with the traffic and all that. But like you said, you're out there and you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's got an oil pressure issue. Cool. I get to taxi tonight. Right. You know, I get to taxi run engine. So you'd fire that they'd land, pilots leave, you take control. And next thing you know, you're out there, uh, you're, you're taxing the jet out to the, to the hammerhead to run, uh, run engines up at power. Yeah. You know, that's that, that, that that's was fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Like I, when I was working on the queues, uh, so much of my like fun line experience was there obviously um from what it sounds like it sounds like it just worked for them but they were that was a good year it was a good time um but they flew me from spokane to sun valley idaho to fix the aircraft right and they flew me on an empty one to pick up the passengers on the broken one and they're like what, what's your ride home at the plane that you're fixing you know so it's like fix the plane so you can get back mm-hmm. and then you fix the plane you fly home on it and you're like that was awesome you feel yeah you, you get to you see the you see uh, it's almost it's like you it's get very to tangible see, yeah you're like yeah i did this see the I results of your efforts I fixed the airplane i'm gonna fly on it right which is very fun and taxiing is great i love taxiing i don't taxi anymore yeah i miss doing like high-speed taxis checking out different things uh um, oh, yeah power power runs you know like i've i've taxied in a snowstorm in louisville kentucky to the point where uh, I couldn't even see the the lights anymore. So we got out there in the middle of the night, and we're, we're running engines, and we're chalked up. But we can you can feel the aircraft skidding underneath you on the snow and ice. Um, and then happened to have like a guide truck come out, and you have to basically fo- follow me truck, and you follow that thing, and they take you back to the ramp because you couldn't see, couldn't right. see anything. So, uh, you know, those are it's it's nerve wracking, but it's uh, fun. You know, we had a plane get hit with a jet bridge in dublin not too long ago and then you know they had to send a bunch of guys out from work they flew them from where i'm at all the way out to dublin to change a door they're there for i don't know how long they were there for but like you just don't get that in a lot of other industries which is one of the things i do love about aviation yeah being able to travel we don't get to do it so much anymore probably you know you you experience it too now with kids and all that stuff yeah i don't i don't sign up for the field trips anymore but yeah, I don't I don't do field trips anymore, but one day when they're when they're gone, I'll be like, Yeah, I guess I'll go to Dublin. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, what's the worst that could happen in Dublin? Yeah, yeah. We we've we've had something similar to that. Maybe not as cool places, but it's one of those like Yeah, I don't think uh, we're gonna have to set this down here at in uh, Reno, Nevada or Las Vegas or yeah, Palm dude. Springs, you know, like uh, something's fishy, I don't like it. <laughs> right guys, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> Okay. Land now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's when all the good trips happen. Yeah, right. Or or they're always like bad. Like you you gotta go to Yakima, Washington in February and you're like, oh, this is gonna be a long night. Yep. So and it is. what was one of the places I went was Rochester, North Dakota in January. I'm like, hey, can we get this uh anyway to change a fuel pump? Like, hey, can we get this? Jet put inside. Yeah, sorry, we don't have any space. Everybody's but, trying to get to Rochester, North Dakota in January, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. And, well, yeah, <laughs> so like all, all, the, all the people place. who had their jets there and stuff, like because it's a big medical area there, so all the doctors and stuff have their own jets. And 
But they're like, ah, oh, everybody who, uh, nobody's out of town right now. I was like, nobody's in the islands right now. Nobody's taking their private jet and flown to the islands in January you, here to escape this place. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the weather in North Dakota in January? I'm trying to get out of here. Like, come on. Yeah, I just want to fix this thing so I can leave. <laughs> but I was like, can you just put it inside? And like, we don't have any space. And dude, that was like negative 40. That's with awesome. wind. That's brutal. And it's, yeah, and it's one of those, it was one of those where like, Okay, it was me and one other guy, and I would go work for a little bit and then go back into the van with my hands on the heater, and he would go out and work. And then when he couldn't t- feel anything anymore, then I would go back out, and then we just daisy chain like that until we were right. done. You got like a, a heat gun just pointed at your hands, like while yeah. you're working. <laughs> I actually if, had if that. Only we had a, if only we had a generator with us on that trip to run the heat gun. Oh, no. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. yeah those are always the best ones. You didn't have the one of those aircraft that have like one of those uh, 120 volt outlets. No, I no, do. I no, oh, obviously not. But no, <laughs> but uh, so we would have. So we had something similar to that, man. Where it would be so freaking cold. Um, they uh, they would have like a light cart. They they brought the one piece of equipment we didn't need, which was a light cart. We would, <laughs> but the plugs didn't work. Right, the plugs for the light cart didn't work. So what we did was we just we just let the light run. Uh, as hot as it could as bright as it could so it warms up enough then we turn it off and just kind of like hover our hands over it like a bunch of homeless people just like getting off the radiating heat so we can actually feel our fingers enough to get back to work like, yeah, my, my mom would always ask me she's like you wear gloves right i'm like no how am i supposed to use a wrench when i'm hold, when i'm wearing a glove like dexterity <laughs> like i how am i going to change an igniter lead wearing a glove i can't do it you can't do it Unless like they get like these paper thin gloves, you know, like which I I will welcome this for any engineer or designer that's out there. Please hear us in this. I'm like if you could come up with like latex thin gloves that has the same amount of protection as a welder's glove, take all my money. <laughs> I, yeah, where I could touch the outer casing of an engine just after shutdown with this glove and not feel the heat. Yeah, yeah take all I, my money. I do work with this guy that wears these like insulated like work winter gloves, right? All the time, literally all day, every day. And he he'll be like doing stuff like quarter inch nuts, just like in like a little. And he I'm like, how are you doing this, man? And he's like, because when I take them off, I'm even better. And I was like, how are you doing them with it on? I don't get it. It blo- it blows my mind. It's like, see, these are limiters just to make you all feel that I'm human enough to do this. If I yeah. were to take these off, then then the real freaking awesomeness shines through. Yeah, it every he'd, be single too, one. he'd be too good. He'd be too it good. It was like in Naruto when uh, Rock Lee took off his leg weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like, uh, wasn't it, didn't they have like an arc like that in, in Dragon Ball Z where he's training in like a weighted vest or something? I don't remember. No, I'm no, he sure was on a planet where it had like nine times the that's right the pool of gravity or whatever and yeah, so yeah, he was yeah. trying to chase that monkey that's what he had to do was chase right. that chimpanzee yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like we're hitting, so we're hitting all the nerd wickets today guys. yeah, yeah. Uh, we can hit more i got several <laughs> several <laughs> so or like uh, you, you know like he just like reveals his divinity like oh, behold everybody i am actually <laughs> yeah. like i am made of light you like Bask in my bask in my glory or whatnot. Right, right, right. We're all blind by your awesomeness. Uh. So, what's been your like most? Uh, I guess your highs, your highest, and your low. Like, what's been the most rewarding uh, 
ask, you know, thing you've experienced in a- aviation maintenance and what's been kind of the, I know we all have lows, but there's, you know, or something you would like to, I guess maybe that's not the way to say it. What's been the most rewarding and then what's been something you would like to see changed from your experience hmm. or something you'd like to see done differently? Uh, that's tough, man. Uh, you know, I think, I think on, it's going to sound like a bad answer for like an interview, you know, where they're like, what's yeah. Like, sorry to put you on the spot like that. No, it's all just, good. But like it, like the, the real, the real answer is like what some of my highs are like when you're working through, when you're working with a really good group of people, a really good group of people. And it's like a, a tough job and you get it done. Like, I, I don't really have a specific, um, I, I can think of several, uh, you know, where you just, you end the day and you're like, wow, we really worked really hard and we got that done. Right. So be it installing a landing gear or removing it. And it might not be the hardest job in the world, but when it gets done like really smoothly and everything's just perfect, it just feels good. You feel very accomplished at the end of the day. And you have like a very tangible thing in front of you that you're able to accomplish. Right. Um, yep. I, when things go good in aviation, it's just, when everything goes right, it's just amazing. It feels good. And then you see the plane take off or, or, you know, I've, I've done a heavy check on a plane and got to go up on a test flight. Right. And you're up there flying around on the plane. You just tore apart, which is very satisfying because you're like, look at us, we're flying. Um, some of the things I, I wish were different and, you know, I've only ever worked uh, for the airlines, like commercial, so I can't speak for the entire industry. But a lot of times you don't feel like you're, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of jobs. I think aviation has a very specific reason or way of making you feel this way, but you don't feel like valued as a person sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like your your personal time, your personal life, your family life, like it, it feels like they kind of want you to make that a put that on the back burner sometimes you know yep yeah like you you should live and die from this job and and you're not praised like you don't receive right like pilots get all this glory and praise and whatever but the people who keep them in the air safely don't get that you're you're the machine right you're the mechanicum (laughs) praise your machine and keep working here's a here's a story about uh horizon no no shade to horizon great first job it was great um but but there was this one day i was in there for training recurrent training i'm happy to talk about horizon because i don't currently work for them so it's it's safe they can't fire me um (laughs) (laughs) i go to their ops for training recurrent training and we're in this class i think for the embraer 175 or something and there's a group of pilots down the hall having some training session too, like new hire pilots or something right and this, this lady comes in and she's like, hey, guys, uh, pilots had pizza for lunch today. And we're like, that's cool. Kind of expecting her to be like, is there a specific kind of pizza you guys would like? And she goes, you can go check if there's any leftover when you guys go on lunch. And we're like, oh, cool. Yeah, we would love the pilot's leftovers. That would be great. You know? Oh, awesome. How kind of you. I love that. 
Like, hey, we and, feel bad for throwing it away, so we're gonna <laughs> offer it to you. Yeah, they're like, so you walk in there, and it's like there's a couple, there's like two pieces and some crust, and you know, I was making like seventeen dollars an hour, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna eat that for sure. But, mm-hmm. but you guys should have bought me a pizza, but I am gonna eat this, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of reminds me. This is triggering memories for me as well. Like, MVP and I were in this one specific area, and they were so adamant of having like this barbecue day. I think it was what they it was, called it. It was Fourth of July, is what it was for. Yeah, so like big, they're like hyping this up huge. Like, oh my god, food! Oh my god, like like <laughs> oh, no. party and stuff and everything, right? So they were hyping this up big. <clears throat> MVP and I were working second shift, so you know, like we only heard like the the back end of all this hype. And so, but they kept saying like, "Don't bring food. You're gonna get fed, and you're gonna get so fed, you just you won't be able you won't be able to stand up straight and stuff like that." It's like, okay, cool. Hey everybody! Don't bring, don't, don't need to pack lunch today. We're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get fed. Good. We uh-huh. show up, and everything's gone. <laughs> yeah, it, poof. Everything is gone. I think it was like half a tray of cold uh, beans, baked beans, and Perfect. like three squares of cornbread, and it for the entire shift. So that's your entire maintenance group. That was a, a documentation uh, group. That right. was, you know, facilities workers. That was. It was for everybody, and we everyone in there. It was just like what a slap in the face. Yeah, yeah. And and the next day they're like, "You guys enjoy your food." I said that was insulting. And I, so we said it in like the the main meeting of the day, right? The VP was in there and everything. We're like, I was like, that was insulting. What do you mean? I said there was nothing left but half a tray, and they're like, "Well, there was supposed to be food." I said, "Yeah." Come to find out, you guys fed day shift four times. Four times. So people went up there and made plates, wrapped them in foil, and took them home. Come, that's that's the, what we come to find out. And I said, That's the most day I, shift thing they've ever done, dude. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, and I was like, and then we had, we, we hyped it up because you told us to hype it up. So we hyped it up for the whole line. And uh, it's like we shot their dog in front of them. These people were hungry. They're working and they didn't bring food because they were told not to. Right. And, oh, by the way, this facility is not close to anywhere that you can just drive over and quick and get a burger or something like it's if you're if you're going home it's if you're heading into town you might as well just go home yep um, i mean yeah i've noticed that a lot of times like a lot of airport jobs that i've worked it's like you're pretty far from anything maybe there's a gas station right yep yeah, we didn't but, have that <laughs> that's rough you got like a vending machine Yep. And that's, that's literally what it was. So like the, we cleaned out the vending machine, like everyone just grabbed as many Snickers or whatever was left in there. And it, it, it was bad. And, uh, I can't remember what we did about it. I think some of us like chipped in and say, you know what, man, let's just drive. Someone just drive 45 minute, minutes to the nearest McDonald's or something and, and just bring like 60 happy meals for everybody or something. I can't remember what, what we actually did about it, but it, it, it was rough. And that was kind of like our take on that. <clears throat> to kind of reemphasize your point, like there's a lot of times where uh, other individuals and, or other people of different positions in a certain industry, they get the pat on the back for any little thing that they do. And then there's us, they say like, well, if you did your job right, no one will know that you were even here. Like, yeah, I got it. But what yeah, the heck? Well, if man? I don't do my job right, people die. So I guess, you know, there's that aspect to it. Yeah. Right. It's over time, you know, I've, you know, I'm, I've, I'm not a, I haven't been doing this for 40 years, like some of the guys I work with, but 
you start to see like, oh, this is how you became a salty old aircraft mechanic. I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. This right. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I can, I can see my decline. <laughs> yeah. You're like, here, here it comes. Here it comes, dude. We're finally here, getting there. Here, here's boys. how I become a Sith Lord. Yeah. This is my villain arc, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. You're right. And the, cause they're like, uh, and you're like, man, how are you, why are you so angry? And then over the years, you're just like, oh, I'm starting to get it now. I'm starting to get it. But I, I yeah. love it. I do love it. Sure. It's a, but it, but it I is. Just, it, I do you, wish you see like, the actions of others, and you're like, yeah, this is how we got here. <laughs> I just wish there was like a little bit more like work life balance. It can be it can be a really tricky industry for that, and that goes. That's true, not just for maintenance. I think that's true for pilots. Flight, it, literally everybody that works flight line from rampers to everybody. It's just a tough industry in yeah, terms of work life balance. You know, it's just how it goes. The the schedule, the money yeah. flow, the revenue flights all take precedence. Right, we're, uh, we're a slave to that that schedule. Yeah, and and I don't know a different way that you could change that. You know, people need to get on airplanes. Like they have, they do have. Like I, I don't know. There's no way you to change it. I just that I can think of. I'm not. Well, I think one thing. So we talked about this. Oh, one of our first. I don't know. Maybe in the first twenty episodes we did, and. One of the things I think that would help would be making our industry like an actual federally calling it a specialized industry, right? So calling it federally specialized opens up a few different caveats. One being pay scales, right? You, you would get guys, you could keep them, you get some that stay for 40 years and then you get some that max out at 10, you know, like I can't do it no more. I got to go find a, a normal nine to five. But I think if you could open up that specialization, you could you get more money not only to pay people but for training, right? You get all these different trainings. Um, you get uh, access to different uh, benefits and such, and, and yeah. I think it just uh, makes the industry more appealing and, and lucrative, right? You're like it's like when you hear somebody who's a, a truck driver for UPS, and you're like, wow, ooh, they had to be there who died so they could get into that, that spot. Cause that's kind of how it is. And, right. and I think that would almost make it that way for aerospace maintenance because. Because we are classified as unskilled labor, right? Right. We yeah. are, we are classified. Which is, and so, which we, is and so we see it where we're at, like they'll hire the lowest dollar. Like you'll go, and this isn't a slight at, at, at like fast food at all, but you know, no, you'll, go to, uh, uh, you'll go to um, a sandwich shop. And, you know, on Friday and this person will make your sandwich. And then on Monday, they're in the, they're in the maintenance meeting with you. And you're going, how did you get in here? Like, oh, I'm the new such and such. And you're like, what? Well, do you have any experience? Nope. Not at all. And you're going, well, how are you going to do the job? And then they they come tell you, hey, you're going to train them how to do it. And then you can get to talking to the individual. And because of inflation and stuff, they actually got hired on at more money the hour than you make after five years of being there type thing right that's the kind of stuff that i think would really change to where we could keep keep the skill keep the skill set around keep those those seasoned professionals to train those new people but you're not it's, it's not just bringing in new folks after new folks and the talent pool keeps getting weaker and weaker you can retain some of those some of those seasoned people we have in our industry because i got to tell you in some of the places i've worked like there was a time where it was like, you know, I call it the golden era and it was like everybody there knew their stuff was, 
you know, exceptional quality of work, um, would do anything to make sure that flight got off safely and to help their fellow maintainer do the best job that they can. And then, and then, but like you were kind of saying the work life balance and they just kind of kept getting drugged through the dirt and drugged through the dirt. And eventually they were like, I can't, it's this or my family and my family wins, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, then, so I mean, you that's, lose that, you lose that skill set and that knowledge base. It's, it's tricky, you know, and I don't know, uh, you know, there's, well, there's the license, you know, there are, there already is the AMP for, for mechanics, right. Um, that you right. But that get. was explained to me. Right. So this was explained to me by another professor of mine. And he said, this license, he goes, when, when we all got our, got our, our, our licenses, he goes, this doesn't mean anything. He goes, this is your, this is a license to work. He goes, right. none of you know anything. He right. goes, you know enough to be dangerous to yourselves. That's you know, he it. goes, but, but this is, this is a license to get you in the door. So, so where the real learning begins, so where you can become a valued member of this aerospace maintenance community. And I thought that was really kind of an interesting way to put it. But it's true though. Like I, my first year on the job, I did not know any, I look back at the things that I like struggled with that first year. just in terms of like basic maintenance. I, I don't know. Like I learned so much and I look back now and I'm like, I was such a bad mechanic. It's, it was, it's so funny. I was so bad. You know? But you had to start somewhere, and we all did. Oh yeah, no, no, you know? and no slight there. You know, like like I said earlier, I uh, I came into this industry with no experience as a professional mechanic. I was as green as they could come. I and I still am, right? Like I still have so much I can learn. I'm not saying I'm I'm a great mechanic. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a horrible mechanic. I'm okay. I'm fine. I do okay. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out but, another <clears throat> quote here that my soccer coach told me in high school. And he said, the day you stop learning is the day you're dead. That's true. Because you might be, you might be physically alive, but if you choose to stop learning, he goes, you're brain dead. So what's the point of being alive? What's right. the point of living? Right. And that is one thing I do love about aviation. We'll go back to things positives about it is that I do love how there's always something to learn. Right. Uh, it's a crazy, especially maintenance, like technically speaking, they're crazy machines and it's crazy. The amount of intricacy within all the systems, right? You never, you never know anything. Like when I, I spent a few years working on the triple seven for the most part, and then I come working on the three seven and I'm like, I, I feel like I don't know anything about this airplane. Right. And then even so, like you say, you get something down pat and this industry specifically, it evolves so fast. So like yeah. what's relevant now, give it two, three years. And it's like a hundred, it, it evolved into a totally different beast. I mean, what is this? Um, <laughs> right. It's one software update away from being a completely different airframe. But yes. there's like, there's like a duality there too, because sometimes you're like, ah, airplanes, 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 airplanes. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it just depends on the kind of job you're doing. You know, like, if I'm removing seats, I, I don't care what kind of plane I'm removing seats on. You're removing seats. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not fun or exciting. It's airplanes is an airplane. But, or you're removing like wing panels, unless you're on a 787, because they're cooler. They've got the Torx plus, plus bits, not, not Phillips. But, mm -hmm. anyways, um, are those the ones that sort of look like the uh, swastika? No, that's the um, the quad uh, quad wing. Oh, Airbus, yeah, yeah. Okay. Airbus, Airbus loves those. Um, that's the quad wing bit, but the Torx Plus bits are the they're like Torx bits, they're like stars or whatever. And what's nice is because when they oh yeah, okay. out, they, I got you when they when they kind of strip out, they're already like the the T like the T twenty or something like that. Yeah, 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 they're yeah T twenty five or whatever, but they're 
what's nice is when they kind of strip out, they're yeah. already like pre pre piloted for you to drill out. Real, con- <laughs> real convenient. Yes, <laughs> it's like they know this is gonna strip, right? Like, yeah, we- you're like, <laughs> you're like, uh, man, my my, it's like my one eighth drill bits just made to fit right in that hole. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh. I don't know. There's always something to learn, right? And you have your license and everything like that. But there's such a disparity in terms of like pay. Like when I first started in the industry, I was making, I, I took a big pay cut when I first got my first job until where I am now. And, I, you know, I've got a good union job now, which I, is also good, I think, personally. Um, my pay scale is like competitive mm-hmm. and, and it's set. And I, that's a good thing. Yeah. So, but I know people that don't work in that kind of environment and it's just kind of random, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I, I like knowing when I'm going to have my time off for my family and, and how this is all going to pan out. Right. Because the industry can be, can be tricky to manage that work-life balance. But when you at least have some sort of like something you can fall back on to guarantee you get that time to spend with your family. I don't know. It's nice. It is. It is very nice. Yeah, and that you can actually plan life. Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of some of the stuff we've actually talked about here on the show as well. Cause like, so we've led various lives, uh, you included where it's a toss up. Some days you're working three days straight. Some days you're work. You're not, you're, you're begging to get work. Some, some days like, yeah, it's it starts off one way and then turns into another like um and then that that really does a number on you like physically mentally emotionally and so forth and having having an outside life beyond this you said to yourself like sometimes like there's just no way and we're we're kind of just left to to our own devices to figure out a way to manage it and it's just like uh, that's when some people get salty. That's when uh, risks start happening. This is when like the, uh, what's it called? The existential dread comes in, you know, like we're just, we're oh, yeah. do- we're very doomed. familiar with that one for sure. We're, we're doomed to have this. Like this is, this is our life uh, forever. We're kind of bald and chained in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like you're okay. It's my time off, but I always get called on my day off to go do something. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, Hey, is your off days, but you're also on call. Cool. Can I charge that time then? No, you can't because what if there's no work? Well, it's what? not like I can go really do anything either because you're telling me I'm standby. So then there was a time where I was like the whole day, you're just, you're looking at that work cell phone and you're just like, oh my God, it's going to ring at any moment. I want to go do something fun with the family, but I know as soon as we go and start doing it, I'm going to get a call. So you do nothing. I, had, I actually I had, started traveling with a duffel bag and then I have like a little Pelican case of 50 with 50 pounds worth of tools in it. And I would just start traveling with that because like I would just, if we were like, uh, say we were down by, you know, like San Diego or something like that in the work. Oh, uh, I, I see you're in the area down there. Cause they would track you via your work phone. Uh, we have a, we have a jet. We need you to work. So there's been many times like I'm on the ramp in the middle of the night. You know, wife and kids when they were babies are all sleeping in the car and I'm there working on a jet. That's crazy. I've never I never had to experience that. I'm I'm very lucky, I guess. I got a picture actually. We were in a King Air uh three fifty, one of the newer models, and as me sitting in the pilot seat and we were I was doing something with the nav system and I have a picture of like like holding up the phone, looking back into the cabin and 
and there's the wife passed out in one chair, my my daughter passed out in another <laughs> chair, and then my oldest son, the youngest one wasn't born, but the oldest one, he was passed out in another chair, you know. That's nuts. I've I've never I've never worked on call before. Oh, it's not, it, not nerve wracking. It's in not a aviation, fun life. at least. No, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to. I've, I don't think I don't think we're allowed to do that. I probably uh, maybe, not maybe, just just shop. Yeah, just just based on the the contract is is what I mean. I if if we were like obviously you're allowed to do that if you don't. Or if you guys did that in the union shop, you would just be compensated accordingly, and probably Correct. it would be all be like time and a half pay or whatever. Well, I think even if they, I think I don't know, I haven't looked at my contract, but I think if they have to call me, if they call me, they have to like pay me for an hour. Even yep. if they call me for like 10 minutes or something for like my technical expertise or something. Yeah. So that's similar to some of the places we've been to. Like uh, when we're on call, like some people will be real skittish to give you a call or give certain people a call because uh, per their contract or per their terms or whatnot, if they even pick up the phone during an on-call, you have to pay them for four hours minimum. <laughs> oh, man. So, so like a five uh, minute phone call, but they're getting paid for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. So, I mean, well, I guess that's a good deal on their end. <laughs> well, we have the, like, our, our, you know, the field trip thing where, you know, if a plane gets damaged, like, in Dublin or wherever or Nebraska, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, they'll call you if you sign up for it. If people sign up for it, they'll call you. And then, you know, they'll be, can you be to the airport in eight hours or four hours or whatever time your flight leaves? And they'll fly you to wherever you're going. And they don't have an issue with that because, you know, the, the, the guys get paid or the people get paid however much, which is, I think it's almost two times their pay for the entire time they're gone or something. Yeah, I um, think it was from like the time they hang up the phone till they get back is like all yeah, double I, I've time. Never, I don't sign up for field trips, but, I, you know, that's that's our version of on call, I guess, is, you know, people sign up and they know what days they're signed up that they can get called. and. It works for the company because they ha always have a list of people they can call to get to where they need them to be. And it mm -hmm. works for the, us because if, like for me, as for instance, I don't like being called on my days off to go to change a windshield in wherever. So I don't get called. But there's but, but even for the guys who do to. sign up for it, though, even for the guys who do sign up, at least they know, hey, I'm on call for these next five days. So right. I, I yeah. know not to plan anything or schedule anything because... I'm on the hook for these days. It's not right. where it's one of those like, okay, you signed up on this and you're on there indefinitely. Never know when we're going to call. It's funny because you know? because when they don't when they don't get called, they're always angry. They're like, I haven't got a field trip in two months, and you're like, well, I'm sorry, bro. You know, they're, yeah, they're itching to get out there. Yeah, we've we've had yeah, but action. then it always comes at the worst time too. You're like, I haven't got one in two months. All right, well, I'm going to go do this this weekend. Hey, we yeah. got to send you to Podunk wherever, and you're like, <sighs> yeah, I, th I think my friend got called like in the middle of his son's baseball game, and he's like, man. Oh dang! Yeah, we've you had those. You can decline. You're allowed to decline uh, based on the contract, but uh, most most people don't because they they want well, to. Well, yeah. you know, probably also, you know, they, retaliation, right? You're not allowed to do it, but it would be retaliation in the form of, all right, with I guess you don't really want to go on the trip, then. So I guess you don't want to make money. So then they they hold you hostage through your wallet. Yeah, somehow you know yeah. you never know there, but. Yeah, I don't know. The guys, a lot of people make they they like they like doing their road trips. I'm not a fan. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do love it. I just don't have the time for it right now. Right, and then no, that's, and, and you're doing the right thing. You know, I, I want to reiterate that you're you're doing the right thing by spending time with your with your family. Um, 
I used to deploy quite a bit. I would be gone for average of six to nine months a year. And the longest I ever did was a solid year away. And, uh, and I remember one of the deployments, my oldest son, he was probably seven months old and I hadn't seen him since just after his birth. So I missed a lot of first and all that and was video chatting with the, uh, with the wife. And I finished that up and I went back out to the line and I was kind of, I was, I wasn't feeling very good. I, I didn't really want to be there at that moment. You know, I just wanted to be at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember talking with one of the old salty guys that I used to work with. And, uh, I'll call him Frank. And if he's listening, he'll know who I'm talking about. But uh, Frank's like, what's wrong? And I, I kind of told him the situation. He goes, well, look, let me tell you something. He goes, I spent 22 years active duty in the military and I got out and then I started doing this and I've been deploying heavy ever since my retirement. He goes, I want to let you know that your kids won't remember that they grew up and they had a car to drive when they were 16 and they had new clothes and all the new gaming systems and whatever else. He goes, you want to know what they do remember is that you were never there. He goes, and I'm here to tell you, I am a walking example of that. He mm-hmm. goes, my sons grew up without me. And so because of that, they want nothing to do with me now. He goes, I have grandsons and I am doing everything in my power when I'm home to spend time with them. He's like, but it's sort of happening the same way. You know, they're growing up without me. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, don't make the same mistake I did. And I came home after that deployment and I quit. I quit. Fair. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like what? Well, you, we really need. And I was like, I can't, I just, I was like, you have an at-home position for me? And they said, no, you're more valuable to us in the field. And I said, then I, this is where we part ways. Mm-hmm. And, right. And, that, and that's definitely another thing that we've always been talking about. Again, I, I can kind of hear this uh, uh, through some of your videos. I mean, as hinting as that is, is like, um, I, we, value, we value the time that we have. What little time we do have, we value it deeply, right? And however we want to spend it, we, it's, it's, we want to enable it to be our choice to spend it. Right, uh, whether it's being with family, whether it's being with friends, whether it's like trying to cheer other people up with their dismal uh, outcomes or their existential crisis crises. Yeah. that's that's just and the name. That's the name of the game. Uh, well, yeah, at least. I've, I've always I've always strived to like have a to try to make my career, my time uh, spent at work. I, I've tried to tried to find that in aviation, right? Because that's that's like what I value. Like, there's so many jobs that I've found. Because it's, it's not once you get your license, it, it's pretty easy to get a job, right? You can get a job almost anywhere, at least right now, you know. Um, but a lot of times there's travel involved, or you got to relocate, right? And I've moved across the country two, three times, um, just kind of chasing what I have now. But um, I've I, I've never taken a job that was going to mandate me to travel because I just want to be at home with my family, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but that, that can be hard to find sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Most oh, definitely. In this industry. Definitely. Yeah. It's and definitely. that's, that's why I always stuck with, with like the 121 passenger airline. Right. Cause even though the schedule is horrible, I know that for the most part, I'm going to be at my base. That's where 99% of the work is going to be for me. So, uh, yeah, Mr. MVP, like, uh, if there's anything that we've learned from all this, besides the fact that we're just some flat out nerds, <laughs> is besides that I failed upwards. 
yeah, failing upwards, right? Is <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we like uh we've talked quite a ups and downs about aviation, right? Like some of the good stuff, some of the bad stuff with Max examples, MVP's examples, my examples. Well, not really mine, but <laughs> uh, we've uh we've shown, you know, like uh and what if there's anything that you re- really should gain out of this is like know know that you you're always have to have your knowledge on point, know that you have to be willing to change hello sir yeah uh know that you that you're willing to change and then also like uh know where your limits are right like draw, draw your boundaries quick and early so like you've you you know to not deviate from it you know to not uh have to uh be given ultimatums about it and if there comes times when you're when you have to cross those boundaries that you set that's probably like a good indication that hey you know maybe this isn't for me or maybe it's time for me to move on right or try something different uh max here said like he did a hiatus and worked on trains and then then you had to move three or four times across the country for a job yeah well i mean i i chose to move across the country for the job right but Mm -hmm. i was going after i was i was trying to chase like that that for me kind of like higher in union job Mm-hmm. That's what I was. That's what I was going for. Oh, right. Okay, and that's and so, you know. But the companies that I was looking for, they didn't want you without any experience, right? Right. So right. I had to move. I had to move around to try to get that experience mm-hmm. for the resume. And then at some point, I was like, "Oh man, I'm just gonna go work on trains." And then I did, and it was it was a lot of fun, right? Because train maintenance and aviation maintenance is very different. Mm-hmm. Trains is like get a get a bigger hammer. I mean, sometimes yeah, it's like all it's all heavy steel and right whatever yeah, tra- else. Is, yeah, <laughs> I was like, how? Yeah, you said use a bigger hammer. How do I get this off the train? They're like, get the plasma cutter and cut it off. I was like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, do that. And I was like, you can do that. And they're like, yeah, why? Why wouldn't you be able to do that? I'm like, okay, say less. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, wait, 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 wait. we have yeah. a plasma cutter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just like sitting there, like grinning, like this is awesome. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, you know, this is <laughs> exactly. We have a plasma cutter. Can we are allowed to use that? And they're like, yeah, on the. Can I also use it on personal things. <laughs> like, I go, yeah, they're, go they're like, they're like, drive your car, and bro, who cares? It's a train depot. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, so, where's the I, manual? They're like. Uh, what do you mean? I was like, how do you take this off? They're like, go ask Steve. He knows how to do that. I'm like, okay, they said Steve. hashtag LOL manual. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, they're like, uh, you're like, where do I it, sign this off in the logbook? They're like, how about you just, how about you just tighten the bolt and go the hell away? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. They're in accordance with what Steve said, uh, removed that, you know, removed in accordance with Steve. Sounds, <laughs> sounds legit to me. Yeah. <laughs> so was, now, yeah. So it was fun, yeah, you know. Way vastly different, you know. Yeah, totally different world. And um, a lot of the guys were old aviation guys that got laid off, and they were just like, I'm going to work on trains. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I left that job in 2019, at the end of 2019, to go back to aviation, right? Mm-hmm. And I got my job, my new job, and the guys that, at the train place that used to work for aviation, they were like, have fun with your layoffs, dude. And I was like ain't gonna be no layoff dude and then you know 2019 boom covid like right, right after i start my new job in aviation it's like covid oh good great yeah awesome and, and then i i didn't get laid off i got close but i didn't um and 
one of my old buddies texted me. He's like, how's your first layoff going? I was like, I haven't got laid off yet. He's like, you're kidding. I was like, no, somehow I have not. I'm still at work. And he's like, that's insane. Yep. And it was, I was very lucky. Yep. And it's, it's what I'm trying to tie this to some kind of lore where you feel like you're on the chopping block and then all, you know, you got that one, give me, you know, that kind of just like, or it, it, it looks like it's going to hit you. Then it just misses by like a hair. Like, Oh, it's God. like, it's like uh, at the beginning of Skyrim, yep. when you're getting called up as the prisoner, you know, and they lay you down to chop your head off. And then Alduin, the world eater comes in and he's like, <laughs> yeah, you remember that? Did you play yeah, that oh, game? I do remember that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thanks a lot, dragon. But it's a dragon. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, this is also not good. <laughs> like, wow, it saved me. Kind of. Out of the know? frying pan. What, what did, the, what did the Gandalf say? Out of the frying pan and into the fire? Did Gandalf <laughs> say like that? that? It was in. Uh, it was in the Hobbit. Is in the Hobbit? It was in the Hobbit. I think the movies. He... Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you said it. I haven't seen the movies in so long. I think it was. I think it was in the Desolation of Smog. Smog. Is it, is it when they? No, no. Uh, it's when. It's when. It's uh, when they escape the goblin caves and they're up in the trees. And no, then... no, no. This one. Sorry, this was Lord. It was when they were in the. It was in. They were in uh, Moria, and they survived all the goblins, and then the Balrog showed up. Durin's Bane, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. That foe so was beyond So they were like, uh, oh, the goblins ran away, and then the Balrog shows, and he's like, out of the frying pan and into the fire, and then they take off take off running. Peacing out, dude. Yeah, that yeah. foe is beyond any of them. Swords are no use there. <laughs> and especially for something like that, I'm uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm like, when I saw the movie, it didn't click at all about, about the books, because the book said it was like this giant like demon immortal thing right and then here comes the movies and like it it, it painted a totally different picture of how i saw it in the in the book but like well, well that looks equally scary if i could like this giant minotaur th- fire yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> flame. yeah that's a bad that's bad news when you see that dude drones yeah. in the deep not a yeah. fan nope not a fan at all right <laughs> dug too greedily they dug too deep they didn't know what they woke into the mines Yep. So well, actually, uh, so there was like in the lore, I think there was actually two or three Balrogs that were under Morgoth. Morgoth, the one I who think, created them. I think there was twelve. Oh, twelve. 12. There was a lot. But what's yeah. her face? The the witch of the wood. Um, in her younger years, she was one of the ones. Who, she banished a few of them herself. Well, there was the fall of Gondolin, and um, which Gondolin was besieged by a bunch of. Uh, Balrogs, Balrogs, and uh, Glorfindel killed one there. I think, um, yeah, Glorfindel killed one during the fall of Gondolin, and then he was later resurrected and uh, in the third age and went to Rivendell in Ladris and, and dwelt there. And he was the one that rescued Frodo after he got stabbed on Weathertop with his horse. They changed oh, it, oh, to, yeah, they yeah, changed yeah. it, they changed it to Arwen in the movies, but in the books, Glorfindel's horse takes Frodo back to Rivendell and Glorfindel helps Aragorn and the rest of the hobbits uh, fight off the ring wraiths and get, get to the fort of Brunin. Okay. I don't know why I know all this. I mean, we're, we're, we're about to say you're listening. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to enhance my knowledge as well. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, I, I, uh, I was reading, rereading the books one day, like I was a casual fan. Not a casual fan, like I was really into it, right? But not like I am now. And even now, compared to some of the people I talk to that are like Tolkien heads, I'm a total poser. They know so much more than I do. I'm like, 
and I feel like I know a lot, but these people know a lot. Yo, there, there's this one YouTube channel I watch a lot when it comes to Lord of the Rings stuff. Uh, what is this? Uh, Nerd of the Rings. Is oh, yeah. Nerd, Nerd of the Rings. Yeah, Nerd of the Rings is awesome. Yeah. I like, love that channel. Like majority of the Lord of the Rings or actually any of that lore, I mostly got from Nerd of the Rings. So Yeah, like, that's, that's a quality channel. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was, I was remember reading it and you hear, like, read these one sentence and you're just like, well, what does that mean? And then you realize you can just dive completely into it, right? And then I just get like hyper fixated on it. Mm -hmm. And That's it's a whole thing. I just like, I read one chapter of a book, any of the books, and I'm just like, right, now I need to spend three hours researching this chapter. That's that's kind of like us right now with Warhammer, man. Like, yeah, that's exactly oh, it. You know, like I feel we like, we, yeah. we get one piece of it, right? Like, hey, by the way, the emperor is not really what you think he is. Like, say what, right? Like, and then and then you go and if you figure out just how deep this goes, like, oh, this goes back way back. Like, yeah, I saw something where it was said, "Is the emperor now a god?" And I was like, "Is the emperor now a god?" And it was just one sentence, and I was, and then that's been like a week and a half worth of research. Y'all play the tabletop. Uh, um, no, uh, can't know if I can afford that much. <laughs> no, no, no. Somebody once told me to get your kids into a uh, tabletop Warhammer because then they won't get into drugs because they won't have any money because they'll spend all their money on Warhammer. Does D and D yeah. count? Does D and D count? Cause I got my kids in, into D and D. <laughs> That's pretty close. Yeah. I, I don't think D and D is as expensive though. Cause you don't have the figurines really as much. Right. right. True. Well, Not, six, six has a couple of figurines now. Right. Uh, painting on and stuff. That's yeah. awesome. I'd no, I, but not like Warhammer though. Warhammer yeah. is crazy. Oh, Warhammer's Warhammer legit. people go off, dude. This legit. D and D's awesome too, though. I wish I could still like, play it. I don't. I don't know anybody who plays D and D like in person. I mean, <laughs> we're kind of thinking of it ourselves. Week. <laughs> so, I, mean, I know. Yeah, I've never actually really played it. Six is into it, and he kind of reads me the rules. He's even got a whole app that kind of explains things to you in layman ter layman's terms. But yeah, uh, it's sick. It's awesome. It's 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 definitely legit. And uh, with with the Warhammer stuff, like I I'm I'm nerding out myself. Like most of the stuff I just got, like it was kind of like the give me's. Like I bought a magazine that came with two figures, or I bought like X amount of paint brushes. Like hey, here's a free figure. Like this is how you guys sucker me in, man. Like like this is this is how I spend like th th like a uh, hundred to three hundred dollars a visit. Like it's like you're like Target, man. Like yeah, the, their <laughs> marketing their marketing plan is immaculate. You know, right. yeah, you're, I, you're, I could, you're you're the evil eye on the tower, man. It's like I try to avoid you, but you just keep calling me in. Like, <sighs> dude, I could Fine. never I could never paint the figures. I've got like not that I'm not patient enough. I just like I I I'm I got kind of shaky hands. Oh, right? I do too. And so like they just would not look good. They I, look I do bad. I do too. Like hands down. My don't let them fool you, Max. They're pretty good paintings. This is this is a lie. This is a lie and a half. Erroneous on both counts. So, uh, what you could try, man, because this is how I do it. Because my hands shake like crazy. I would do the dry brush method, where I just have like a, a mostly dry brush and some paint, and just kind of like like buff it in, like I'm trying to scrape off uh, rust from yeah. from from a panel and it's and it turns out decent like oh yeah this, this is good enough you know considering that i i can't keep my hands still like don't please don't trust me with brain surgery everybody but um that's my nope. that's my hot tip for if anyone ever want to try mini painting maybe not so much the wet painting maybe try something that's more along the lines of dusting 
my, like my, dust. <laughs> my dad my dad calls our hands because his hands are like that my grandpa's are my brother's are mine are because of our family surgeon hands surgeon like, hands yeah it's my strong I was like, hand <laughs> when i when i got the current job i have now i was putting on sidewall panels and some of my buddies were watching me like get the fasteners and they're like you doing all right bud and i'm like yeah i'm fine and they're like why are you shaking i'm like i don't know man maybe it's because i had a banana and six cups of coffee today that's all i've had so <laughs> i, I make those jokes around, i was like i don't know maybe it's because i'm coming down leave me alone yeah, yeah i need i need some coffee bro and they're like yeah. i think you need the opposite of that and i'm like maybe maybe, maybe. You're, either way i feel like i want more i'll, I'll work around it you mind your own business How about pretty funny that? you're like huh i don't remember seeing your doctorate <laughs> yeah they're like how much caffeine is too much i'm like you can have you can have eight cups of coffee right and they're like no and i'm like Are you sure about that and they're like yeah that's too much coffee max I'm actually like, we had a we had a dietitian and stuff on and she said what was it six it was like it was like i think i think you can actually almost have up to 12 cups of coffee before it starts getting like uh, okay dangerous. let's let's go dude yes <laughs> well uh i think they said along the i can't remember the number but i remember they said like after a certain point caffeine starts to have the opposite effect on you like instead of right. pepping you up it's actually putting you to sleep i'm like well shit. i believe that because there are times i'm like why is this red bull making me sleepy yeah uh <laughs> they, they they made the, the uh what what the heck was the correlation they made the correlation to say like uh uh like people like uh kids with uh, ADHD when they take Adderall or whatever that uh yeah that that medicine is to keep you awake like it has the opposite effect on them because like they've already hit their their caffeine limit for or whatever it is and then you add more and then it just puts them it just has the opposite effect puts them to sleep right. fun fact fun fact for all of you everyone everyone out there <laughs> I, I do love that well yeah like i usually i think i normally have like about 4 cups of coffee a day maybe 5 Oh, that seems that seems okay. That seems reasonable to me. That's like, yeah, for me, I used to do that. And then I like when I was deployed and then I just started like my heart started hurting and I started being like jittery and twitchy all the time. Like, uh, like what's, is it twitch from uh, South Park? Yeah. 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 Like that was, that was me essentially. Uh, and so I cut it back to one, one cup a day. So I've been on for a number of years now. I've been on one cup a day. Does it work good? Um, yeah, some days are better than others. Usually, like, <laughs> uh, usually towards the end of the week, like, you know, like tomorrow will probably be a two cup, two cup day, and Friday will be a two cup day or whatever. But I try to like, I try to try to keep it keep it narrowed down a little bit. I just want that that that, that God feeling again, you know. I try to see how many cups of like Black Folgers coffee I can have on an empty stomach before I start getting a tummy ache. You're trying to see sounds and taste colors is what uh -huh. you're trying to do. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to ascend into another planet. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, trying, he's trying to get to elevate himself to that higher plane, that uh -huh. third eye. Oh, yeah, exactly, dude. I'm trying to open it up so I can see things that nobody else has seen before. Right. He's trying to he's trying yeah. to high five everyone, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It oh, hasn't yeah. worked yet. I just get stomach aches. I'm like, oh, why do I feel like crap? And like, what have you had to eat today? I'm like, nothing. So when you make your content and whatnot, like with the facts and with the airplanes and whatnot, um, yeah. I'm sorry, with the lore, um, ha, how do, I'm trying to I'm trying to find a good way to word this. Um, 
I'm, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> I had it. It's one of those like you had it good in your head. You had the epiphany moment like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And then as soon as you try to use words to put it out. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens all the time, man. That's kind of me with the Silmarillion, man. Uh, for that's every, a tough one. You know, like I'm, I'm jazzed up. I'm ready to read. Like, all right, I understand bits and pieces of Elvis. We're going to kind of power through it and get context and everything. And then as soon as you open the book, like, shh. There's dead. a... There's an audio book read by Andy Serkis, which is really good. Highly recommend that. Mm, def- definitely uh, good. He's the actor that did Golem and stuff, and uh, he does oh, like nice. really. He does a really good reading of it, and it makes it very uh, a lot more palatable than it is just reading it. That's yeah. I gotta give that a shot now, especially yeah, because the actor himself, he's actually really good. So when like, oh yeah, it's awesome. Uh, when he does his live interviews and whatnot, I was like, hey, can you do the Gollum voice? Like, I never would expect it to come from him. Oh, it's but crazy. he does, but he does it so well. Like, how? <laughs> yeah. So he has a reading of the Silmarillion on audiobook. If you like audiobooks, and it's it's really nice. He does a really good job. Nice. Mm-hmm. He he does the whole. He did the whole trilogy too. Uh, there's another guy that did the reading of it too, which I heard was really good. I just, this is my first time listening to it, it on audiobook or really ever listening to an audiobook, and it was lovely. Because for some reason, I'm like, yeah, I need, I need to read it again. I need to listen to it again. Right. Same, same here. Like, and especially for something as dense as that. Like, I, I've heard it's been a struggle for a for. A lot of people, even people who are really adept at reading, like, well, at least I know, like, the struggle is not mine alone. Like, I'm just not an idiot who just can't read. <laughs> no, it's just, it's written really dryly. So it's like mm. written like a history book or like a Bible. It doesn't mm. read like a, like, it doesn't have like story narratives, right? It's just kind of a history. So it's very dry. Gotcha. And it's very dense. And you're just kind of like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, you got to be super. You almost have to almost. You almost have to research on other people who have done the research before to get right. some base understanding. And then when you read it, you can almost put you can put visuals to what you're what you're reading. Sort sort of. You know, there was At least a, that helps me some. Yeah, there was a first. The first time I read it, I, I read it alongside a podcast called the Prancing Pony Podcast, and they have like a chapter by chapter uh, breakdown of each chapter. And so, like, I'd read the chapter. And then I'd listen to that episode, the corresponding episode, and they'd break it down. I'm like, now I get it because somebody smarter than me helped me out. So I, that, so that's me with Nerd of the Rings. Whenever I, I look back at some of the Lord of the Rings lore, either the lore or the movies, I'm like, so I'll either do either or and I'll find wherever parts that I hit with Nerd of the Rings or any other of those analytical YouTube channels. And like, they really like dive deep into this. Like, right. Oh, I totally did not see that. Now I know to look for it the next time around. So that's a, that's always fun. That's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> I, I totally for, I totally forgot the question I was going to ask, but I'll just come up with something else. Um, when you when you do make your videos and your content, and you actually get some feedback, has there ever been like something like, "Oh my god, dude! Like, thanks for making my day better," or like, uh, "Thanks for giving me some." Uh, so one thing that I found really weird because you know I I, I made these videos and i never really expected anybody to see them mm-hmm. um and like the first video i ever made the one about the tire which was the first airplane fact i posted because i was like what happened was i was posting on my personal instagram page i was posting like some like videos like kind of just like this is an airplane wing it's very cool mm-hmm. and just like people were like this is funny this is making me laugh and i made that one and 
I was like, maybe I'll post it on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? And so I was like, change my TikTok name to Airplane Facts with Max. That rhymes. And then it just like took off, right? Mm-hmm. And ever since that video, like it got like 100,000 views. I was like, this is insane, right? Mm-hmm. And now I get, I have like a video that made like 17 million views. It's crazy. Um, but like the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Like, so when they first started taking off, I've spent a lot of time on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. uh, growing up with it. And I was like, hey, well, here come the trolls, right? I'm starting to get these like videos that start getting a lot of views. People are going to start trolling. And it just hasn't really happened. Everybody's been very positive. It's like the most positive thing. It's awesome. That is really And awesome. like a lot of people are like, this is making, these make my day better. These are funny. And I'm like, that's, this is weird. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, there's a few people that like, you know, sometimes people are like, you get back to work and I'm like, I'm waiting on NDT, tell them to get to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm doing this because I, I, I got downtime waiting on somebody else. Yeah. Just, and usually I do it productive during a non-productive time. Right. I literally do mostly do, I would say 95% of them are all done like on lunch break because mostly because I don't want to be standing there with, you know, 10, 10 dudes on my crew staring at me while I talk about Lord of the Rings to my phone. Like, it's just not, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's awkward and, <laughs> and embarrassing right. and weird. And so I wait till everybody's off at lunch and I'm like, all right, I got an empty plane and I got a, a dumb idea. Let's make it happen. That, that's more or less us with this show. <laughs> like we, we had a, we had a hair up our ass one day and like, you know what? We, we've, we've had some struggle and strife. Let, let's make everyone days uh, a little bit better than how ours have gone. And it's slowly evolved into this thing. And I got to admit, like it, it, it's still surreal. Like I don't believe like we're living someone else's life, you know? And oh, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's weird to, uh, speaking of the internet, it's, it's weird to like read Reddit's, and then it's a totally different thing to be to read Reddits that are about you, right? Right. So, yeah, I get like I I saw like one guy that's like, "Congratulations, you made a stupid video," and I was like, "Thank you, it's my only talent," you know. <laughs> and it's just like it don't bother me. Like I've been on the internet long enough that when somebody is nasty, you're like, "It's it's fine, bro." Like it, you know, it's just it is what it like. I played. Yeah, Halo. It's like, oh no, you got me. Oh, yeah, I played Halo three on xbox live like there's nothing you can say to me i haven't said I, six inches from the mirror to myself or something you know like it's fine dude like yeah it's like wow i played xbox live and had 10 year olds say worse stuff thanks yeah thanks like I, comments my, my my skin's thick it's fine um but for the most part it's been really positive it's actually been a really positive experience which is which is strange for the internet i feel like right and that next way is likewise the same you know but we're just glad and we're glad to hear the fact that for one you know like it does help people get through their lives uh, better and that has to be like the the warm and fuzzies right there it uh, is yeah and it's it's weird there's like this weird like con like conflux of like tolkien nerds not i mean nerd lovingly because i don't think there's anything nerdy about tolkien tolkien's cool as hell um there's like weird you know, weird airplane people on my page. Nothing weird about that. I'm one of them. Mm. I mean, all of these with respect. But there's like, and then there's like a lot of heavy metal music people. So it's like these three groups of people that are seemingly completely 
unrelated to one another that are all like on my page at the same time. It's very strange because you're like, is this a music person, a Tolkien person or an airplane person? Or sometimes they're all three or usually there's like one or the other, you know, mm -hmm. but it's just right. like a, somebody who's like, how did you get so successful on social media? I'm like, well, the secret is uh, death metal airplanes and Lord of the Rings. That's the, that's the trifecta of success. Apparently. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, I think it just shows you people's like, uh, there's, there's commonality amongst a, a variety of uh, different groups of people. You know, yeah, like and deep down, they might not admit it on the surface, but when somebody else talks about it, it's like, oh yeah, I can, I can get on board with this. I don't care who you are, right? Everybody knows airplanes are cool. Yes, airplanes are cool. Everybody likes airplanes. Nobody likes airports. Everybody likes airplanes. Uh, like, you see an airplane take off, you're like, that's pretty cool. It's, it's cool. There's nothing. There's no other way to describe it. You're like, that's sick. That's a cool thing. Like you cool know what a feat of engineering you know exactly mm -hmm. everybody likes airplanes and like even before i had this page you know just as an aircraft mechanic i'm sure you guys have had this experience too people ask you questions about it when they find out that's what you do like if yeah. you're just like at a friend's barbecue they're like oh he's like fixes planes or something people are like that's crazy and you're like is it and then you know people always have questions about airplanes this is people true. like hear hearing about them for some reason because yeah. they don't they don't see it. Nobody sees maintenance or they don't see the systems. They don't know how airplanes work. A lot yeah, of people. So they see the whole thing working in unison, but not the, the not right. the whole conglomerate working together. Like I, I've posted videos like in the wheel well or something. Be like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, it's just a 737, dude, is it? And But like you realize that even though I see it every day, most people don't, you know, mm -hmm. they've never seen that before in their life. Why would they? You know, that, that that's exactly right. And that brings back all the way around to how we were saying before, like, and going back to your previous point, like, you know, like so much happens and so much gets done, you know, like, but it, it rarely gets seen or recognized. It's just kind of like magic. Airplanes are magic. I yes. was, <laughs> I think like right after I got my license, I graduated and I was getting ready to move for my first job, uh, my first aircraft mechanic job. Um, Somebody in my family was like, so you're going to be aircraft mechanic or something? And I was like, yeah. And like, I didn't even think they broke. I never <laughs> even, I never even realized they needed mechanics. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, they do. They do. They got to be fixed, you know? So say, say when they were here, like, uh, everyone's like, oh, you're going to be an aircraft mechanic. They thought like, like scientist mechanics, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're so you're an engineer. Like, no, 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 not, a, not an engineer. Like I just fix things. I'm like. No, yeah, but that's no. like super like complicated stuff, right? Like, well, it's not like disarming a nuclear bomb or anything like that. But yeah, you know, it is kind of complicated. Yeah, some some of it, yeah. And I, now, if somebody was like, I didn't even realize they need to be fixed at the time. I was like, yeah, they got to be fixed. Now I'd be like, yeah, they always need to be fixed. They're constantly broken. Yep. Which yeah. that people that makes people uncomfortable because you're like they're constantly broken, and you're like, yeah, but the things that broken are like. Minor, it's part of you know? a redundancy system so you exactly know, yeah you're like you were still working <laughs> right yeah it, it's fine it's just needs to be fixed it's fine it's yeah. all fine that's yeah. why there's redundancy yeah right and exactly then, and we've actually go ahead sorry no you're good what no i was just saying like we've actually talked about that too in a previous episode where we say like you know like the duct tape is fine it's 
it's not duct tape, obviously, but it's fine. It's totally cool. Like we're right. temporary sealant. You're fine. Yeah, we're okay. It's not actually holding anything, but it's just there for looks. Yeah, yeah. Totally, hundred percent a okay, friend. <laughs> yeah. Aerodynamic smoothness keeps some moisture out. It's all good, and everybody loves that. Yeah, totally, hundred yeah. percent anti corrosion efforts. You know. Yeah, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. But yeah, you know, like you'll you're. There's just all these little things that got to happen on airplanes. There's so much work that goes into them all the time, constantly, right. 24-7. And at the time when I was finishing school, like earlier, license to learn. Now I, I know so much more about them than I did getting out of A&B school. You know, I learned more in the field within six months than I ever learned in school. Yes, most definitely. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do too of like the, uh, I wouldn't say the, well I, guess, well, I guess so. Like the the sense of urgency in it, right? Like if you don't do your job, then, you know, this will affect, right? And it, it kind of cascades from there. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to be the one, you know, to. Oh, yeah. I remember there was one night uh, we were working on like this door rig or something. And we're ha- I, was, I was really struggling with it, right? I was like pretty new and I was troubleshooting this door issue. And I was trying really hard. I was I was so frustrated. And the plane, the flight was getting delayed and stuff. And this guy was like, you know, Max, it's your fault. Little Timmy's not going to make his connection and get to Disneyland. And I was like, thanks, man. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Say what? Whoa, it's either Timmy flies in a safe plane or Timmy doesn't fly at all, right? Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, Timmy's not going to see his grandma tonight. And I was like, well, you're not helping the situation right now, bud. But thanks, thanks. Yeah, for that appreciate all that. I don't, I don't know. He's trying to tell him, like, I don't know if it, that sounded like motivation to you or not, but uh, I can tell you it didn't come across as such. It was pretty <laughs> funny. It was pretty funny. I did laugh. I got, I get a chuckle out of it now, especially too. It is, and it's true. Like you know, like it, it's, it is frustrating. I don't like seeing flights get delayed. It's, it's frustrating. None, none of us do really. Like we hate yeah. seeing flights delayed. We hate having flights that come back. We don't, we don't like play, planes sitting at the gate for X amount of reasons. It, I, I've been on the plane sitting at the gate. I'm not stoked about it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't like this. And yeah. I want it to take off. Like, it's never a fun time. It's usually someone's getting their asses handed to them to be like, why is my plane late? Ugh, God, yeah, right. Go. You're. I'm like, I'm angry that the plane's late, but I'm not angry at anybody. I mm-hmm. honestly just kind of feel more bad for whoever's dealing with <laughs> what I know is happening. <laughs> Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> behind the scenes, I'm like, oh man, those these people are just, if not more upset than you are. Trust me. Yep. Say, Max, uh, bef- before we sign off, are you can you uh, give us like a another quick fact, like how you normally would with some of your videos? <laughs> oh man, what what kind of fact do you want? Ooh, hey, I don't know. Uh, MVP, you got any any uh any preference? Well, one of the questions I was going to ask you: What's your favorite system on the seven three seven that you're working on? So maybe hit us with a fact from your favorite system. If you have one. Well, let's see. Lately, I've been working quite a bit on the uh, 737 uh, landing gear. I've been doing a lot of work on the landing gear, replacing them. And it is nice. The landing gear is interesting to remove. I like dealing with like more the bigger jobs like that, removing the whole landing gear which is not quite as big as the undertaking that Frodo took when he was grabbing, when he had to transport the ring from the Shire to Rivendell and go through the town of Bree and through the old forest where he was almost 
taken by the Withy Window River before he was rescued by Tom Bombadil and sent on his way, where again he fell into the Barrow White's caverns and was had to, had to uh, call upon Tom Bombadil again to rescue them. That's what I got right now. You put me Amazing. on the spot. That that's the best I can do on Amazing. the spot right now. That was really good. <laughs> you, you, the whole time I'm trying to like not. I'm not. I'm like biting myself. Like, please don't laugh. Oh no, this is too I've, good. <laughs> I've done better. I could have done better. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a fact ready, but I tried. No, that's no worries. And like I was, we, we were joking amongst ourselves. Like I hope he does something. Like, hey guys, meeting you with you is like when Elrond assembled the the six heroes from across the realm to speak about the foreboding doom, which eventually led to the creation of the Fellowship of the Ring to escort Frodo and the One you, Ring to the fires of Mount Doom, which ultimately you, failed. <laughs> And you, got it, you, you got it pretty good, dude. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yours was better than mine. Not even. I don't know. I'm passing the a little, crown, little bro. preparation went into this one, though. We we were talking about it uh, <laughs> a few hours before this happened. All right. <laughs> so. ne- next time I come on here, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have like a several facts ready to go in my head of just something. You know, that was the best I could do on like off the cuff. I mean, off the cuff, that was really good considering the fact that we just, we had to like prepare this for hours. <laughs> Sitting there like, what's a good one, man? Like, he's going to hit us hard, man. We got to come with something good. <laughs> oh man, no, man, I, it's all good. But no, uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Yeah, we I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do it so, again sometime if you guys want. Oh, most definitely. Oh, for sure. So, so for any final thoughts for the audience listening, uh, we can start with Mr. MVP. Uh, no, none really on my side. Uh, just do your, uh, do some of your LOTR research. So the next time uh, Max comes on, you, uh, <laughs> you guys can be just as versed as he is in uh, some of what we are. Yep. Mr. Max, Fair. any final thoughts? Uh, stay safe when you're working and drink lots of water. Hydration is important. Yes. Most definitely important. <laughs> but, but again, Hey, let us know what you guys think. Like, uh, do you, like, did you? Have you checked out any of Max's videos? Have you seen any of other different facts that you that you know that can correlate to some of the nerdy things that we've talked about? Uh, I matter of fact, uh, I think Max mentioned it already, but you can find him on Instagram and TikTok too, right, Max? Yeah, both of them. Both both are just airplane facts with Max. Airplane facts with Max. Got it. No spaces, just that. Yep, yeah, you get some get wonderful uh, tropes of knowledge about both airplanes and Lord of the Rings. Sometimes Star Wars too. <laughs> Yeah, I pepper in a little bit of that sometimes. I love it, every single bit of it. But let us know what you think. Like, what sort of stuff that have you noticed? What sort of things that you know that you can learn from? What ways do you um, uh, help your day go by? What sort of things, lines you're willing to not cross? All sorts of stuff like that. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in our social medias, our website, our emails. Whichever way is the absolute easiest way for you to get a hold of us. The best way to get a hold of us is via our Discord channel on Patreon. We have all sorts of different conversations like this. I think uh, our collection of patrons is probably like, besides Max, is our biggest collection of nerds there is. <laughs> like, I can actually like talk about D and D, and not feel like a total loser for doing it. But uh, nothing, nothing being a loser about D and D, it's cool. Only cool people play D and D. Yeah, I, I feel better about myself now. I'm failing upwards. Hell yeah, <laughs> I am no, failing never, upwards. Never say a loser plays D and D because only cool people play it. Yes, absolutely. On that note, thanks again, Max, for coming with us. And every single one of you, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you again, Max. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show. 
and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.